Okay, let's get started with Parshas Naso Tavshin Ayin Beis. On this Shabbos after Shavuos, next couple of weeks, we'll still uh, be here in uh, Beit Shemesh, and uh, we'll talk about the schedule in a couple of weeks. Okay, here we go. Source number one. So as I said, this is the Shabbos after Shavuos, which is called in Yiddish Shabbos Noch Shavuos. Question is, is there any significance between this Shabbos being the Shabbos after Shavuos? We know there's a lot of significance in discussion about the Shabbos before Shavuos, the connections between Bamidbar and Shavuos, as we discussed last week about Ish, Mayim, and Midbar, and all of the relevant connections. But what about the Shabbos after Shavuos? Is there any uh, symbolism to the fact that we call it the Shabbos after Shavuos? It's just the next Shabbos. There's no real significance that we know of to the Shabbos after Sukkot, the Shabbos after... It's always the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and, and uh, even the Shabbos before uh, Shavuos, we said it according to some, it's called Shabbos Derech Eretz. What about the Shabbos after Shavuos? Says the Yagdal Torah, Ha'olam Regiyam Likro L'Shabbos Zu, Shabbos Nach Shavuos, Shemashma'uta Shabbos Achar Shavuos, V'gam Shabbos Shehi O Shavuos. It's like a continuation somehow. He said it seems, in his mind, that the Shabbos after Shavuos has some significance more and deeper than the Shabbos after the other Chagim. See, he quotes the Viana Rebbe, who says that the Gemara in Chagiga tells us, and it's expanded upon by the Radvaz, which we'll read in a second, the Gemara in Chagiga tells us, that Bizman Migdash. We know one of the nisim that took place every day in the base of Migdash was the lechem hapanim, the special um, breads, really matzahs, that were put on the shulchan every single Shabbos and switched every single Shabbos, and it stays fresh the entire week. Not in any plastic, not in any, any covering. It was hose out, and yet it stayed fresh and it stayed soft. And the Gemara Chagiga tells us, Shayimagbiyan as a shulchan, they used to lift up the shulchan. Umarin la'oli regalim, and these to show to the oli regalim the lachem apanim va'omrim lahem, and with this bread they used to lift it up and show them, and they used to say to Am Yisrael, Ru'u chibaschem lufnei hamakom, look how much Hashem loves you. Siluko kisiduro, when it is removed, it is just as fresh as it was when it was placed on hot and soft. As when every yontif, they lifted it up. When did they lift it up? Now this is the Yagdal Torah talking. When they switched it. They switched it every Shabbos. When they switched it every Shabbos, that's when they lifted it up. And, they, and everyone saw it. The problem is that on the other Chagim of Sukkot and Pesach, there's a Shabbos Cholomoed. Or there's a Shabbos that falls on Yantif. Each of the holidays is at least a week long. So there has to be a Shabbos there. Memeuah, the day that they showed Klal Yisrael, the Lechem Apanim, was Shabbos, on the Chag. But Shavuos is only one day. Shavuos is only one day. So what happens if Shavuos was on a Tuesday? What if Shavuos was on a different day of the week? Says the Yagdal Torah, "Beregalai Rom b'Shabbos Chalamoi, Kishemachlivas Alechem b'Shabbos Aboker, Bechad Shvuis, which is only one day, Lo Yachlu Liros." So it must be they stayed. They wanted to see the nace. So Klal Yisrael Bizman Hamikdash stayed through the following Shabbos in order to be able to see the nace of Alechem upon him. 
That's why there's a special connection between the Shabbos after Shavuos and Shavuos, because this is a Hemshech. Klai Yisrael stayed. Yes, of course, we know the Karbanos can be brought for another week. That's why we don't say Tachnon. Oh, it's still Shavuos. What do you mean? There's no Cholowet. It's not Shavuos anymore. There's Tashlumen for the Karban for a week after Shavuos. But, says the Yagdol Torah, deeper, through the Shabbos after Shavuos, that is when everyone stayed, and therefore that Shabbos uh, received special attention and special recognition in in Halacha. Just there at Agav, he quotes part of it, but I gave you the whole Shuvah of the Radvaz, the great early Achronim, late Rishonim on the border. Source number two, the Radvaz was asked about this Gemara. Sha'altami meni yedidibadav shi'ala. You, my friend, asked me. This is just Derech Agav. Exactly about this nase of the Lechem upon him. The Gemara says in Chagiga that these shall lift up the bread. And you should see the love that Hashem keeps it so fresh and so special. The Kasha Lecha, line 6. Question 1. How did they see it? Where was the Shulchan? The Shulchan was inside the Eichel, right next to the Menorah and the Mizbech HaKtores. Inside the Eichel. Since when does Am Yisrael, they don't, even, they don't even go within the 22 Amos that are between the Mizbeach and the Ulam, which is the anteroom to the Heichal, let alone going into the Heichal and seeing the Shulchan. So the questioner asked the Radvaz, I don't even understand the Gemara. They, were, they picked it up? If they picked it up in the Heichal, exactly where the Shulchan was, nobody would see it anyway. Echiru in Muhammad Sonin. How could they, t- and they could see it from afar? And anyway, after I was, when you lift up bread, could you see it's fresh? How do you see it's fresh? You see bread, it could be hard as rock. It could be hard as rock. How do you tell if it's fresh? You lift it up. Oh, look, Hashem loves you. Number one, how do they see it? Number two, how do they know that it was soft? Tshuva. So he quotes the Ritva. I heard in the name of the Ritva who lived only a couple hundred years, 200 years before the Radvaz. There was steam coming out. Right, there was steam coming out of the bread. Also, says the Radvaz, I don't know, and some of this will have to just wait till Mashiach comes. I'm not sure, was there steam coming out of the bread all week? Was it a nice tadir? That it came out? Or was it only when they lifted it up to show Am Yisrael? Then the steam started coming out. And I understand why it should be fresh and hot because the Hanim are going to eat it. Why do they even need this nace for? That's going to show Klai Yisrael that Hashem loves them. And then he adds, very practically, va'od. I don't know, when I bake challah and I take it out of the oven, there's no steam coming out of it, says the Radvaz. I don't know, what's the last thing you're supposed to see? It's not like soup. Soup, you have steam coming out of soup. You don't have steam coming out of a bread, out of a matzah. Since when you have steam, just the mice. Well, I don't understand that. Even if it's very hot. Oh, maybe when you cut it sometimes. But they're not cutting it. They're just lifting it up. 
So he says, Avaladaiti ain't sorry. He says, all these suggestions, there was steam, no steam. He says, I don't exactly uh, understand, but let me explain, says the Radvaz now. the end of the first column. On the Shabbos during the Moed. Right, this is the implicit message about the Shabbos after Shavuos. Lesidur, when they came to the Lechem upon him, Hayu Magbiyin Es HaShulchan. They lifted up the whole Shulchan, not just the breads. They lifted up the entire Shulchan, says the Radvaz. And they moved a little, a little bit over so that you could see straight through the doorway out. So Klai Yisrael had a peak. They had a peak, but they moved it in, right? Instead of having the Shulchan on the menorah, usually on the north and, the, and on the south respectively, they moved it in the middle so that it could be, you could see it. It's a pretty wide doorway going into the, into the Hechel. It was 40 by 20 and then 20 by 10, but it was pretty, pretty big, wide. So Chai Yisrael saw it. They looked at the whole table. They wouldn't bring it out. They wouldn't bring it out. And then as they took it out, don't worry, the Kohanim knew that it was fresh. You didn't have to see anything. And here's the line, Ba'atzeres. And this is the maybe of the Radvaz, which the Yagel Taurus mentioned. Im lochal b'Shabbos, efshar hayumis akvim liros hanis. It could be that Klal Yisrael stayed through Shabbos after Shavuos. They didn't stay after Sukkot or after Pesach. They stayed after Shavuos. The I mean, think about it. You slept the whole way for one day. No, you want to stay a little bit more anyway. But the Imlois Akbuk for Akira and Ismail Gom Shahru. And even if they didn't stay, they already knew the nays from last year. I saw it last year. It's okay. It's a repeat. Either way, this starts us off. Says the Yagdu Torah, the Shabbos after Shavuos is still connected to Shavuos. But here we bana based on Mikdash reads it all, still be maybe tomorrow. That's not a lot of Nafkamina. Mashiach comes tomorrow, still the Shabbos after Shavuos. We'll all get to be Makayim this uh this uh, minhag of staying for the Shabbos after Shavuos. Isn't he saying that they showed the bread? Oh. And they showed the bread. They so showed. Why they have to, um, move the shulchan? Then. So they lifted up the shulchan, but still they showed the bread. What does the bread show? Shit. Bread of the show. It's soft, but the corner might have brought it out afterwards. So that's when they showed it. I don't, I don't think it would, the focus is the is the showing of the bread. It doesn't seem like. Okay. Back to the beginning of the parsha. Parsha is also really starts in the middle of the story. We're describing the traveling and how Klai Yisrael carried the different parts of the Mishkan through the Midbar. We'll get to how this is in the middle in a minute, but first we're just going to focus on a phrase at the beginning of the parsha. If anybody has to speak at a Simcha this Shabbos, or any Shabbos, here's your thought. Especially good for a wedding, anniversary, related. Count, lift up the Bnei Gershon, Leves Avosam Lemishmachosam, to their father's house, to their families. And then it goes through from 30 to 50, Tifkotosam, anyone goes out to war, and this is the Masa that they do. So we'll get back to the context of the Pasuk of Hashem in a minute. But first the phrase, Leves Avosam Lemishmachosam, to their father's house, to their family's house. If you look, Back in the end of Parshas Bamidbar, same phrase. Not for now, but there it's in the opposite order. Now so has Rosh B'nei Kahas, beginning of Perak Dalin. Lumish Bachosam Lavesavosam. 
By Kahas, you have Lamishpachosam, Lavesavosam. Here you have Lavesavosam, Lamishpachosam. And then by Bene Merari, you only have Lamishpachosam. I'm sorry, you have Lamishpachosam, you have both. You go back to what it was by, by Kahas. You have Kaz, Gershon, and Merari. But what's this double phrase of Lavesavosam, Lamishpachosam? According to their forefathers' house, according to their families, it sounds like the same thing. You cap them based on their groupings, their families. Says the Drash Vehaiyun, the Reisha Rav, Aaron Levine. First a Hashkafic point, and then a Halachic point. First a Hashkafic point. Says the Drash Vehaiyun. Ha'adam lif'amim yisyaker v'gam yischapeid mi pa'asavosav. Sometimes we gain recognition and we get nachas through our parents and through our forebearers and our ancestors. Oh, you're so-and-so's kid? Oh, you're so and Oh, I know your father. I know your grandfather. I know your Zayda. Oh, what a hush of person. Oh, right? We live through our, the previous generations. Oh, it's like, it's like we get nachas through. It's the opposite. Right? We get nachas through our parents and our grandparents. Im ha'avos nashim tzadikim v'yisharim. If the avos were pious and righteous, upstanding individuals, asheris nosesu ka'avnei nezer, they were raised up in their neighborhoods, in their shuls, they they achieved tremendous success and shame tov. That will spread onto their children. Their children will achieve certain recognition because of the parents. Yisyamaru, bechenamur chazal. What did chazal tell us in Meseches Yuma? Ashrehem litzadikim, lo dayin shehein zochin, ela shehein mezakin lebenehen. Not only does do tzadikim gain their own merit for their mezakin, their children. Not only because they get children to do mitzvahs, but inherently because they achieve recognition, so the children achieve recognition. Ulefamim on line eight. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's the opposite. You have a child. Your son is right. Your son is Imagine Shlomo Zalman's father, right? And I think Shlomo Zalman's also amazing. But Shlomo Zalman's grandfather fasted for three years every Monday and Thursday before he moved to Eretz Yisrael to do hachana to move to Eretz Yisrael to be on the right level to make aliyah. We shouldn't use it as an excuse. Oh, I can't fast three years. I'm not coming to make Aliyah. No, pass for Shaul. But he realized the godless. And he realized the schus. Prepared for, for three years. Says the Drash Vahayun. So sometimes we're mischabed in our children. If a person is zochah to have wonderful children that achieve the Torah, the Tefares, Chesed, Torah, Vodik, Milch, Hasadim, Vishvam Nodal, Tehillah, so to the avos achieve recognition. And through their children, they achieve greatness. which just came up in Dafyomi a couple of weeks ago as well. All wood could be used for firewood for the Mizbeach, except for grapes, right, vines, and olives. Why? Because you don't want to use their fruit. So because you don't want to use the fruit, so then the parents, the trees themselves, gain chashivas. Because of the children, because of the fruit, 
that even the trees gain hashivas and he can't use them for the mizbeah because the, because the children have such a special status. Halamadta shebeschus habanim aboseihem ischabdim. Beschus of the children, the forefathers have covered. Putting these two together, we have the line, the pasuk from Mishlei: Ateres zakenim b'nei banim v'tiferes banim avosa. Sometimes parents get nachas from their children. Sometimes children get nachas from their parents. And they each are mischabed and achieve recognition through the parents. V'chulu. He says maybe this is even alluded to in a thought in the name of the Nitziv. We've said this thought, I think, three years ago in the name of the Beis HaLevi. But they were pretty close. So could be from the same... Same uh, same source. He quotes on line twenty four. He quotes what I heard from. I'm going to have a first from Hav Bezdin Pinsk Sheyichia B'Shem Agon Hanoda Hanitziv. What I heard from the Nitziv. B'Biyur Masham Al Avram Avinu. When Avram Avinu is bargaining to save Sodom, and he says, "He ne'na ha'alti l'daber al Adoni el Hashem ba'anochi offer va'efer." I'm nothing. I'm dirt and I'm ashes. What's the root? And the meaning and the symbolism of saying dirt and ashes says the Drash in the name of the Ritziv. The way the Beis HaLevi said it that we mentioned a few years ago is that dirt has no past, but it has a future. Ashes has a past and has no future. Can't plant anything in ashes. That was the Beis HaLevi. Very similar, but said a little differently in the Drash Vahayin. Dirt didn't come from anything. Nothing gave birth to the dirt. There was no molid. Dirt was created as is. The same dirt that we see on the earth today was there in Mysabracious. It didn't grow. Dirt doesn't have parents. But dirt could produce children. But dirt can have children. Dirt can have future generations. Etc. Line 32. The opposite are ashes. Ashes had parents. Ashes had parents, whatever it used to be. But ashes is, are, are not going to have any children. It had a molid. It had something that gave birth to it, so to speak. There was something very valuable, very beautiful that was that was burned, but it had a beautiful parent. But it has no future. Ashes. You can't plant anything in ashes. So Avram Avinu. When he's saying to Hashem, an expression of humility, an expression of anava, for Avram Avinu, lo hayu lo chashivos lo mitzad amolid. Avram says, "I'm nothing. I am like Afar. I have no parents. Why? Who is my father? Over the Avodazara, Terach, ki aviv hayim yodav Avodazara. Ish takva the ma'isa yadav. Nothing. And at this point in my life, Avram had no children. Avram says, ki halach od ariri ubanim lo hayu lo." See, he says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm offer va'efer. I can't get nachas from my parents and I can't get nachas from my children. Anochi offer va'efer. So now, we get back to the first Pasuk. Second Pasuk, actually. 
That's the double Lashon. Vehine, line 46. Bebene Gershon, Nimsu, Shnei, Sugi, Achashivu, Shachashavnu, Gam Yachad. With the Bene Levi, the Bene Gershon, and Kahaz, and Merari, they all had it in both directions. They had the forefathers, and they had the children that followed the Derech of Hashem. Kimi Makar Kadash, Hishalchu, Vaavoseim, Hayu, Atara, Lerosham. They came from the source, their forefathers, right, Levi, Kahaz, all the, all the, all the uh, sons of Levi, told those gadolos be Israel, ubanu they had tremendous children, so they had both. They had both the parents and they had both the children, that's their forefathers, the families that they build themselves, the children, that comes after them. Those are the two. And that's what it means. Just turning over the page for a minute. He says, maybe that's what it means. The word. Naso as Rosh B'nei Gershon Gamheim Leves Avosam Lemishpachosam. Look online, the third line of the next page. Ulefizet Tisparish Lamid Hashimush Betevas Lit Mishpachosam. What's the Lamid? Count them. Raise them up. Why? Two reasons. Lit. Because of. Pesavosam and lit because of mishpachosam. Bishvil lamid sometimes can mean because. The highness of Yisrael Hashem ba'avur bishvil mishpachosam u ba'avur u bishvil beis avosam. Sometimes you find lit lamid meaning that like he said uli Yisrael shematichi quotes because lamid can mean because as well. So if anybody has to speak, I think v'hamevin yavin how one could use this at a uh, a simcha going in both directions: the parents, the children. Building a beautiful, uh, beautiful bayisnam. Okay, that's the hashkafic point. But then we get to the halachic point, and for that we go back to the psukim for a minute. As I said, we pick it up really in the middle. Moshe Rabbeinu is told by Hashem to tell the Levim who's going to carry what. Three sons of Levi. They each carry the different sections of the Mishkan. We have one son's job at the end of last week's parsha, and two sons' job in this week's parsha. That's how the parshas are broken up. So if you look at the end of Bamidbar, sometimes the Balkari might get mixed up because there's another Naso there. The beginning of Perak Dalid, Vaidabra Hashem Moshev al Aron Lemar, Naso, as Rosh B'nei Kahas, Mitok B'nei Levi. Kahas is first. Then we have Naso as Rosh B'nei Gershon Gamheim. We have B'nei Gershon at the beginning of our parsha. And then we have Shani B'nei Merari, Lubish Pachos and Lubishavos and Tifkot Osam. B'nei Merari. So we have Kahas. Gershon and Merari asks the Medrash and the sorry, beginning of source 5 the Drash Ian again uh, again his halachic word just paraphrases the Medrash the Medrash asks why aren't they in age order as we would have thought Gershon Kahas Merari Kahas is first Kahas Gershon Merari says the Medrash as we might have guessed Kahas carries the most precious Kahas carries all the beautiful Kalim the menorah and the aron and the shulchan and all the special kalim are carried by the kahas, so they have to go first. Okay, we understand that. Right? That's what it said. That's why the end of last week's parsha we spoke about. You have to cover it in a special way so they don't look at it and they were running away from it, they were running to it, all the beautiful madrash we spoke about last week. But they had to carry the most special kalim, that's why they went first. Okay, that's the mantrash. But now, ask the drashba ha'iyun, once we're not going in age order and we skip to kahas, why don't we then go straight to Merari and then go back to the Bidin to Gershon? 
Once you're not going in age order, or once you went out of order, then just go straight. You did son number two, then finish up, do son number three, and then go back to son number one. Right? We would have said, okay. But he makes a halachic issue out of it. Says the Drashva Ha'iyah now. He quoted the Medrash. And now he says on line five, Ayesh Lahavin, Im Kfar Hiktim, I'm in source number five. Im Kfar Hiktim Hakasav Bene Kahas, if we're already being Makta Bene Kahas, and we're going out of age order, Madu Alochashav Achrakach's Kiseder told us of an Amarari. Just go straight then. Kahas, Marari, then Gershon. Ki Marari Haya Achar Kahas, Uvene Gershon, Kivan Di Idru, Idru. What's the difference? Just put that put put the Gershon last. The Nerim he says, I think this is a raya to a halachic issue that I once had to deal with in my Chuvis Avnei Chefetz. Here's the case. Mekomos Beisach and SS. Picture the scene. A shul is doing construction. Shul is doing construction. There are seats that are closest to the Mizrach. And then imagine the bench goes from the Mizrach down. And you get to say the tables are sideways. But there's somebody that sits closest to the Mizrach. And then there are seats that go further and further away from the Mizrach wall. The shul has to do construction, so the seat closest to the Mizrach is chopped off. The guy who used to sit in the seat that was just chopped off says to the rabbi, says to the Drashmohayin, well, hey, you know what I think should be done? Everybody should bump down a chair. They added in a seat on the other side, so everybody bumped down. I was always sitting next to the Mizrach wall, so I still need to be sitting next to the Mizrach wall. They didn't do construction, everybody moved down a chair. And the guy who obviously is sitting in seat number two says, I'm sorry, your seat disappeared. I'm here, and I've always been here, and I'm not moving from here, and all the 35 people next to me also don't want to move. I'm sorry, you could go to the other side. So, what do you say? What's the halacha? That's the shayla. Amnam, let's just read parts of it. It's all right here in line 16. They all say it. What, everybody's going to have to get up and move their chair? No. Everybody will remain in their seat. You got shafted? You got... Okay, your seat's not there anymore. We feel terrible. But you're going to make 35 people move? I'm sorry. Things don't always work out in life. They say to him. And if he really gives a lot of money, we can find him another seat in the Mizrach wall, maybe. So he went back and forth in his shuva, he writes. But he says, I think we have a riot from a Pasuk in Chumash. What happens first? Kahas went first. And then who came? We asked, why isn't Merari next? No, 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 Merari wasn't next. Gershom was next. Why? Why can't Merari say, hey, I'm after Gershom, I'm after Gahas. You got, you, you got bumped from your, from your Bechor position? Okay, you go, you go third. Sorry to hear that, but I'm always after the middle brother. The middle brother went first, I'm number two. But the Torah doesn't do that. The Torah says that Gershom gets to go second. Umeanomar beparsha seinu, line 20, yishlavi raya neosa lechazitainis pamakamar rishon, shed nitche. We don't say, once you're pushed, you have to go to the end of the line. Shu yikach hamakamasheni. Vigam kobali hamakamashalach rav yasukain. No, we don't say that. 
but he gets to sit in the next seat. And everybody has to bump down. Just because number one was removed doesn't mean that he is totally nitche. That is what he suggests. He even suggests as well another interesting halakha case. We are not poskening right now. Remember, this is the Parsha Shir. This is not a halakhic discussion. We are just having some halakhic chidushim uh, within the Parsha Shir. But there's another fascinating discussion which could come up there, come every couple of years it comes up, I'm sure, in many shuls. And many shuls probably have policies written and for many years. Two Baalei Tokeya. First day Rosh Hashanah, second day Rosh Hashanah. First day Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos. Who gets to blow on the second day? The one who blows every year on the second day Rosh Hashanah? It's the second day Rosh Hashanah. It's my day. But the Baltakeya from Yom Rishon says, what are you talking about? I, I have Kadima. So I got pushed, so you push down also. You're going to lose? Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. So who wins? He quotes from the Shuvah's Panamirus. One of the Achronim. B'shanayim shayalam chazaka l'tkoa b'shofar b'rosh Hashanah. Ha'echad b'yom rishon v'asheni b'yom sheni. V'chal yom rishon shal rosh Hashanah b'shabbos. Im zeh sheyesh lo chazaka l'tkoa b'yom rishon b'b makam asheni. What happens? V'tokea b'yom sheni shal rosh Hashanah. V'asheni nitcha. Do we say the second guy? I'm sorry. Awasheni tokea b'yomo. Or does the second guy blow in his place? Ha'ena b'yom sheni. V'harishon kima d'itchi mechazkaso. He gets pushed. Says the... Well, if you read our Parsha, I would say that the Yom Rishon guy gets to blow on Yom Sheni, and the Yom Sheni guy has to wait until next year. That is how I read a Pasuk in Chumash. He does acknowledge at the end that these aren't foolproof rayas. These aren't foolproof uh, points in that, if you look at the bottom line, you can make distinctions. What's the chilek? Is the last guy going to lose totally or just be pushed until later? The Rosh Hashanah case might be different because the Baltokeya Hashnia is not going to get to do anything. Here, Merari just gets a couple of psukim later. It's not the biggest deal. But, you know, it's, I think it's at least food for thought. Turning over the page, if you think about it, Merari was always supposed to be always supposed to be third. And they're still third. Just one and two switch places. So you might say, what does that have to do with with number three? So you might say the story of the Chumash has no place in this discussion, but either way, he says, it's an interesting point of departure for these for these uh, halachic issues. And we should realize that every part of the Torah could be read on many different levels, both hashkafically and, and halachically. Okay, we move on. Fascinating medrash. Many mafarshim talk about this medrash. We're going to quote one thought from Rebellio Lapian. We know after the beginning of the Parsha, where we have the list of who carries what, the two major sections that are discussed in Shlishi, or Revi'i, is the Parsha of Sota and the Parsha of Nazir. Right? All contributing to the largeness, right? the 
fact that Naso is the longest parsha in Sukkim, 176, I think we discussed that a couple of years ago, the connection between 176 of Naso and Baba Basra and Tehillim Kufyutes, 176 is 8 times 22, 22 are the letters of the Aleph, base times 8, which is Lamal Menateva. We spoke about a thought a couple of years ago from the Munasi Techa related to that. But, without getting into that too deeply, we have Naso, Sota, and Nasir. The most radical point in the Sota Parsha is that Hashem allows his name to get erased. As we know, Chazal tell us, L'shem Shalom Bayis, he allows his name to get erased. We take a cloth with Hashem's name on it, with the Ksav of the Parsha of the Sota on it, we throw into, into special water, and Hashem's name gets erased. Perak hey, Pasach of Gimel, because of this also, Elah HaKohen, Basefer, Umacha El Mehamarim. Gets erased. Says the Medrash. I gave it to you. In source number seven. Maisa Rebbe Meir. Shayadarish Bala Shabbos Beisach Nessas. Rebbe Meir gave drushes in Shul. We already learned a Musser. Rebbe Meir gave a drush on Friday night. I'm sure he didn't speak for three minutes. And I'm sure the Balabatim didn't tell Rebbe Meir to shorten his drusha. That's already a Musser. Dorish Bilal Shabbos. Unless that means, what, after everybody ate? That's also a Musser. They went back to Shul to hear the drusha on Friday night? However you read this first line, we can learn something from it. Okay, there is learning going on on Friday night. Okay. Maizah Rebbe Meir. It was a winter Shabbos. A long Shabbos. Maizah Rebbe Meir. Shoyah Dorish Bilal Shabbos. Vahaisa Sham Isha Achas. And there was a woman listening to the drusha. Shashames Drushato. Interesting. The wife was in the shul, but the husband wasn't. Interesting. A women's shear. When she got home, she sees that the ner was kabui. The candle was extinguished. Where have you been? The husband says. What's shear? You see the email. And that man was a late son. The husband. So the man was somewhat upset for some reason. He had a, a chaos problem. You can't come back into the other house until you spit in the face of Rabbi Meir. And she went out. She didn't know what to do. Nigla Rabbi Meir Balanes. Rabbi Meir. All of a sudden, Elio and Navi paid him a visit. Ultimately, deep down, it's your fault that this man got upset at this woman. The gave him the inside scoop on what happened. What did Meir do? He went into the Beit Medrash Hagadol. He went into the main shul. The woman came to Davin. She didn't know what to do. She came to Davin. Kasha Rosa, when Mermir saw her, Asa Atzmo Kimifahik. He made himself not feeling well. what he said to her, Do you know how to say incantations to make the eye feel better? She said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to make your eye feel better. Oh my Allah, he says, I'll tell you what to do. You just have to spit into my eye seven times. That that's the cure. Rikiki Sheva Pa'amin Bafanai, theatively, in front of me, at me. Astakain, she did it. Amarwa, Lhi Imri Lebailech, Ata Maita Lajatarak Pamachas. 
You said, don't come back until you spit in front of Rebbeir one time. I did seven times. And now I'm back home. The Talmidim said to Rebbe Meir, How could you allow yourself what a bizayin on Torah to let a woman spit at Rebbe Meir? Let's get the husband, give him a couple of patches, and he'll say, I didn't mean it. But let the woman do this. He said to them, you don't understand. If Hashem could do it, I could do it. Umayim Shem Akodesh Shenechtav Bikdusha Amar Katsuv Sheyimachal Amayim Lahatoshalam Beinish Leishto. If Hashem could have His name erased for Shalom Bias, so Kfod Meir Lo Kol Shakein. If you would have brought me the husband and we would have forced him, there wouldn't be Shalom Bias. At least now the husband could think, Oh my goodness, she actually did it. Rimeir did this for her, for me. He's not upset at his wife anymore. He realizes that Rabbi Meir was helping them out to get them better. Says Rav Lopian. Again, the Medrash really speaks for itself. But says the Lev Eliyahu. Were the Talmudim correct? How could you allow this bizillion of Rabbi Meir in the base Medrash? He says, it must be that when it comes to Shalom Bayis, there's no such thing as bizionos for anybody else who is trying to get a husband and wife back together. No matter what it takes. Bekava Chomer Zeh, line 4, Limader Emeir Yiso Nifla, Loman Shalom Benishle Ishto, Roy Levater Al HaKavod, Vein Lachish Afilu Libizayin HaTorah. There's no, nothing. Don't worry about anything. Zos Lamadinu Menachadish Baruch Hu Bechod Ovi Atma Hashem Himself. Shebevedika Sota, Tzivanu Lamchok Et Shmo HaKadosh, Hashem could have figured out another way to for the Sota process without making his name get erased. But he's teaching us something. He's telling us, don't be mocked on your covet when you're trying to keep harmony between the spouses. Do anything you have to do in terms of your own covet, being mocha on one's own covet. And remember, as 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 Rebellion, which type of woman are we talking about by Sota that Hashem allows us to happen? It's not a woman who is totally faultless. It's a woman who was already warned because she seems to have some kind of special connection with a certain man. And the husband is already choshesh about it. And then she, afalpikain, in front of witnesses, secludes herself with this man. And now we just don't know what happened. And yet Hashem says, I don't care. I want the husband and wife back together. And he allows his name to be erased. When it comes to Shalom Bias, anything will go, even spitting in the face of Rebbe Meir. Okay, that's Sota. Now we get to a couple of thoughts on Nazir. Starting with the word. What does Nazir mean? What does Nazir mean? Well, we have a parallel. Nazer. A Nazer is a crown. What's the connection between a crown and a Nazir? It's a connection. Nazir, Nazirus, Nazer. Says of Hirsch. Let me just add one question. Fascinating Ha'ara he's going to give us into, we could understand why abstinence from wine. 
wine leads to things that throughout the Torah, wine does not have good consequences. Noah, Lot, and we continue. Saramashkin. But that's wine, we understand. Hair, okay, we can also understand that. Hair is about uh, long hair, I'm focusing on beauty, I'm focusing on Gashmias, my, my beautiful locks. You know, so no, just let it be long and don't take care of it and disheveled, you can't get a haircut and look. No, you're not focusing on Gashmias. Okay, you could also stretch and understand that. But why mace? Why the, why the iser of not being able to be Tommy mace? How is that? You know, let's say it's, it's the Godelador. Right? I want to go to the Leviah. Let's say somebody, the Nazir's father dies. Why can't he go? That's so, what's, what does mace symbolize? And this will give us an insight into all halachas of a mace. Not just a Nazir. Says Rav Hirsch, we have to understand that Nazir means to be cordoned off. Just like, I'm going to say it outside, then we'll see some of his sentences inside. Just like a crown surrounds the head of a king, but symbolizes his special cordoned off state from everyone else. And it's not so much that he does it to himself, but others do it to him. A melech below am. The am separates themselves from the king. That's symbolizes, symbolized by his crown. That's a nazir. A nazir is supposed to be on a certain level, striving for a certain level that, forget the nitty-gritty details, says of Hirsch. Don't focus on that. Those details are supposed to bring him to a state where others around him accept that he is unique and needs to be separated. Continuing, go to the line nine. Makes us imagine that the conception of Nazir must go beyond mere abstinence. Mere abstinence. And we'll get to Mace in a minute. If you look at line 26, if we compare the expression Nazirim used in Vayikra for the vines which have to be left to themselves in the seventh and Jubilee year, Nezer is used by Shemitah fruit as well. You have to leave them, not touch them. What does that mean? The, the, the fruit aren't abstaining from anything. We are abstaining from the fruit. The Nazir in any case does not mean he who keeps himself away from others, but from whom others have to keep away, from whom others are separated. So that just as Nazir means the royal diadem, which marks the person whose head it surrounds as being set apart and inaccessible, the king surrounded by a crown means he is in a special state. So here Nazir designates a regime of living and striving that raises the person who vows of his own free will to undertake it out of and above the midst of the people amongst whom he lives and set him to the task to be completely Kadosh Lelokim. He wishes to draw a circle, a Nazir, round himself and only have God within that circle. But this is no hermit-like isolation, no shutting oneself up in the wilderness, right? This is not... His bodhidus, right? He has to go to shul. He has to do all the mitzvahs. He has to be involved. But just on a spiritual level, he has to be separated. What does a dead body symbolize? What does may symbolize? A little wider, but I'll read it. Look at line six of the next paragraph. This is a couple pages later in Refersh. We have already repeatedly had to bring to mind death. Misa, says Refersh, 
symbolizes the one area in life where we have zero control. Death is the biggest mystery of, of life. Human beings, we have no control. We try, we try to lengthen, but ultimately, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu decides that this is the moment, that's the moment. Death symbolizes, I don't have Bahira. It's out of my control. Right? Everything is destined for me in life. And it's useless. Says of Hirsch, that's why other religions glorify and focus on death so much. Because their hashkafis ha'olam is that there's no such thing as bechira chashis. There's no, right, tabula rasa. There's no, no, everything is, right, the uh, doctrine of original sin. We're meant to sin. We're meant to this. And that's why death is such a focus. Yahadus, we stay far away. You go to a cemetery, you go to the mikveh afterwards. You have to cover the mace, but afterwards we go to the mikveh. It makes us tame because we acknowledge that. But our focus on life is about where we do have control and where we do have choices and where we do determine everything that we can control in life. A nazir who has just chosen to take a certain path he cannot be anywhere near a mace which symbolizes he has no choice. Which symbolizes everything is, is chosen for him already. Let's read his mind. Reminds one of the last five lines. One of the lack of freedom of his physical nature. And at the same time brings the thought of powerful compulsion of the forces of nature. To which the heathen idea raises its highest altars. But how the Jewish sanctuary of the Torah and the thoughts that prevail in it teach the very opposite. And the thought of a completely free God insists in the complete free will of a human being. Turning over. That was why death and everything referring to death was banned from the sanctuary. You can't have Tumor or Mis in the Mikdash. Right? Unlike other cults and other religions which bring death into. That could be another reason, Derek Agav, why generally Leviathans don't take place in shuls. Unless there is a special din, Tabat Chacham, Gadol Ha'ir, it could be, besides Kavada Beis but it could be what's, what's symbolized. It could be overridden is the Tamar Chacham, who is a symbol of what to choose correctly in life. It could be connected to that. But symbolizing, line 14, continuing, now that which keeping Tumas Mace out of Machaneshchina is meant for the natu- national sanctuary and for educating the nation to the ideal of moral perfection. What Tumas Mace is to Mikdash is the same thing on the Tzibra level so too is Tumas Mace to Nazir on the Yachid level. And that's why he stays away from Mace, and that's what a Nazir is. He is cordoned off, we cordon him off. If he acts in a certain way, the actions involved are just meant to achieve a result and a goal of coming to a state where he is, he is a spiritual beacon for all of those around. Good. Again, this relates to the Machlokas we discussed in the past. Is a Nazir a Lachachila or not? Is he a Chote? Is he not a Chote? Kadosh versus Chote. Machlokas Tanoim. Machlokas we shown him, but not for now. Okay. Another small Ha'ara. I thought we had mentioned this in the past, but maybe not. I didn't see it in my notes. Perak Vav Pasuk Dalit. We know, as we just mentioned, one of the Isurim of a Nazir is nothing to do with grapes, nothing to do with wine, he has to stay away. The Vilna Gon learns out a halacha about a nazir from a little minute detail in a Pasuk in Navi. One of the most famous, if not the most famous nazir in Navi, as we know, was Shimshon. 
as we're going to read about in the Haftorah. Says the Gra, if you look in Shoftim, in source number 12, the Pathet tells us when Shimshon is going down with his parents to Timnah to go find himself a wife. They go down to Timnah. They come to the vineyards of Timnah. Karme Timnasa. And there was a lion coming towards them, as we know the famous story. Hashem, Hashem helped him out, and he ripped open the lion. He didn't tell his parents. He didn't tell his parents. Ask the Grah, quoting the earlier Mepharshim. He was walking with his parents. What do you mean he didn't tell his parents? He was walking with his parents. Shimshon, What do you mean? He didn't tell his parents. His parents just saw it. Number two, this is also part of the answer already. Why does it say that the lion was coming Likraso? Shouldn't it be Likrasam? It's coming to them, not to him. So they obviously weren't with him anymore. But what happened, asked the Grah? They were all going down to Timnah to find a wife. Says the Grah, it's obvious. What does the Pasuk say? They were going down together and they came to Karme Timnasa. They came to the vineyards around Timnah. There's a halacha. A nazir is not allowed to go near a vineyard. Forget not just eating the grapes. You can't go near a vineyard. As the Gemara says, the Gemara quotes it. Lech, lech, Go around. The Carmelo Tikrav. Don't come close to the vineyard. Says the Gemara. This Pasuk is the source for that halacha. Was Shimshon the greatest tzaddik Yisod Olam? Maybe not. But at least this halacha, says the Gemara, we can learn from Shimshon, that he walked around the vineyard and he didn't go near it. Okay, one more thought related to Naziris. And then we'll end with two thoughts on Berchus Kohen. One more thought. Perik Vav Pasik Chaf. Now at the end of the Parsha of Naziris, after the process, he cuts his hair, he throws his hair under the pot that's cooking his carbon shlamim. Ve'hinif, Vav Chaf. Ve'hinif, Osem HaKohen, Tinufal of Hashem. The Kohen waves the tzenufa. He waves the bread and the other items. And afterwards, the Nazir will drink wine. After this whole process, then the Nazir can drink wine. Simple question, ask the Al-Shech HaKadosh. He's not a Nazir anymore. Okay, but the person who used to be a Nazir? Va'achar yayin. That's it. And then say, Zos Torah Nazir. What does it mean, Achar Yishta Hanazir Yayin? He's not a Nazir anymore. Says the Ashach HaKadosh, the beginning of 13. Any spiritual experience that we ever have in life is not supposed to leave us. And we're supposed to feel it as we continue through life. One could say this about Shavuos, right? We shouldn't, Shavuos shouldn't leave us. We should be a different person after Shavuos. We should be a different person after going to a, a simcha where we hear a great Dvar Torah, right? We should be a different person after we get inspired in some way. We should be different. He's still a Nazir, says the Alshech. He's not a Nazir, but he's still a Nazir. Yishtah Nazir Yayin. Line six, Balomaki Bo Gam Yayim. Even afterwards. Even afterwards. That's the Alshech. 
It's one other line. Achar Yishta Nazar Yain. A little there, Drush. This thought is from Rabbi Melech Milujans, the Normali Melech. It's on the same page. I got it from the Alshech, so that's why uh, you have it here. What's a story from the Normali Melech? Must have been someone who was known as a. It's just a story, and this pasuk is the is the punchline of the story. There was a, a man in town who must have been known as a Balgaiva. Must have been known as a Balgaiva, someone who was somewhat haughty. And he came knocking on the Noam Elimelech's door. Came knocking, and the Noam Elimelech didn't let him in. Didn't let him in. Line 11. Lamachras Nisa Shuvla Bola Kabel Shalom. Paschwas Adelis. Here Imma Lava Rebbe. Bechola Veshachla Achusa. He sent him out. Balgaiva, Balgaiva. Nisa Kama Pa'amim. He tried to come in, come in, and he kept not letting him in. That Shabbos, the Shalashudis. This man, he obviously wanted to hear the, the words of the normal Melech. Maybe he was he was traveling. He came in. He stood by the window, and the Rebbe said, "Line seventeen. There are some that are osik in Torah and avoda, and there are some that fast, and there are some people that think they've reached tremendous madregas. But if they themselves feel so great about themselves and don't lower themselves, obviously he has an eye to the window, then they're not achieving what God wants them to achieve. And at that moment, the man outside the window breaks down. He can't bear it anymore. And on Moti Shabbos, he comes in, he knocks on the door, crying to the Rebbe, please let me in, please let me in. And the Rebbe lets him in and takes him in. Ba'avo v'simcha. And one of the nechad, one of the grandchildren of the normally malachas, I don't understand. A couple of hours ago, you didn't take him in, and now you take him in. What changed? He hasn't changed his actions. Hasn't changed his behavior. Line thirty-one. Chas v'shalom on a rebeli malach. Ein ze'oto ish. This isn't the same person that I didn't let in before. Ze'adam achel legamre. This is a different person. This is a different person, and this is. What the pasuk means? The achar yishte hanazir yain kasher siem is yimein ziruso havach lios la adam achar. Switch around the nakudos a little bit. Achar and achar legamre kamosham rebe gemara, like it says in the gemara. The keeper alam yashachata lanefesh vechulu. The nazirus is a life changing experience, and he's a different person after he goes through nazirus. If you think about it, these last two thoughts are kind of opposite, but they're exactly the same thing. The Alshach says, the experience stays with you. The normally Malach says, the experience changes you, and that change stays with you. Okay. Final selection for tonight. Two thoughts on Birchas Kohanim. We're not going to get into the whole second half of the Parsha this year. The Nisim, we've spoken about that in the past. Yivarecha Hashem Yishmarecha, Yara Hashem Pana Bilecha, Yisa Hashem Pana Bilecha, the Yasem Lachashalom, words that Baruch Hashem and Eretz Yisrael were Zoha to hear every single day. Says the Gemara, it says the Tosefes Bracha, the author of the Torah Tamima. There's a Gemara in Tamura, actually the last line of Maseches Tamura. We mentioned this in the Dafyomi when we did Tamura about a month ago. The last line of Tamura discusses the Pasik relating to the Trumas Hadeshen. Every morning, a Kohen is voted in, wins the lottery, he takes a shovel full of ashes from the top of the Mizbeach, goes down the ramp, deposits it next to the ramp. 
And it says there, Vesamo Eitzel HaMizbeach. He places it next to the Mizbeach. And Chazal, on the last line of Zechus, Temur will learn out. Look on line four. Vesamo Eitzel HaMizbeach. Va'amrusham Vesamu Binachas. Vesamo gently. Put it down gently, the Gemara says. Then I added in one line because she doesn't mention Vesamu Kulo. You got to put all, put it all down, everything in the pile, in the shovel. Vesamu Shalo Yefazer. Put it down so it doesn't scatter all over the place. That's the Gemara. Says the Tosefes Bracha very creatively. Vesamu is the same verb as we have here. Vyasim Lachashalo. What does Sima mean? Placing. And what are you placing in our pasuk? You're placing shalom. You're placing peace. Says the Tosafas Bracha. Shalom, the midah of shalom is very unique and it's not so common. Sometimes there can be peace in the world or in an area, but it won't be natural. It won't be the highest level. There can be two types of peace, but it won't be because there's peace. Number one. Still leading in. The reasons that there's peace are not the most idealistic reasons. If there is a terrible tsara, if there is a common danger, I've mentioned in the past, after 9-11, all New Yorkers were nice to each other. It was great, I remember. Everybody was very nice to each other. Because you felt like, felt like when there's a common tsara, Every, no, no fighting. Like on the Teva, all the animals got along. And there's Shalom. That's one type of Shalom. There's another type of Shalom. Line If two people don't really like each other, live on two opposite sides of the globe, there's peace in the world because they don't have to deal with each other every day. They're at peace because they're scattered around. That also can bring peace. Right? When there's this distance. No problem. These two types of shalom are not real shalom. When there's shalom because of a tsar, when there's shalom because they're scattered around, that's not shalom. Shalom is when, when people are together and they're living together in a unified way with a common goal and common values. Says the Tzavah's bracha, unbelievable. V'samo, what the Gemara is saying, Tzmura, Shalom Yefazer. V'samo, alluding to the other Pasuk. It shouldn't be because you're scattered around. V'samo b'nachat, when there's nachas, there's no war, there's no tsara, there's no danger. V'samo, he doesn't mention this one, I'll add it, V'samo kula, when you're all together. It says that's, that's the ultimate in Shalom. That's V'samo. And he even adds, you find sima, that verb elsewhere in the Torah, always means a specific placement. It wasn't just haphazard. And that's what we daven for, Tashem, sim, shalom, tovo, vracha. We ask Hashem to place shalom, because it has to be with, with focus. Right, beginning of Ayetzeh, Vayikach me'avne ha'makom, Vayosem me'rashosav. Chazal say he put it directly around his head to protect his head. Vayosem, it was specifically in a certain spot. Or he quotes when Avram sent Hagar out. Vayitenu Hagar lechem chemasmayim, sum al shichma. He put it sum. What do you mean? What's that extra word? 
because he, he, he made room for the water and the bread on her back. Sima is always a specific placement. Specifically, clearly, with Kavana. That's Sim Shalom. That's Vyasim Lecha Shalom. Hashem should focus and put it on us and give us the schus of having a true peace. And one final idea related to this. And that is the next Pasik. After the Birchas Kohanim, we have Hashem said, They'll place my name on the Jews and I will bless them. So much Yisrael. Asks the Akedas Yitzchak, quoted here in the Lakach Tov, source 15. What does that mean? The Kohanim will place God's name on the Jews and then Hashem will bless them. What does it mean placing God's name on them? Are they giving us a bracha or are they not giving us a bracha? If they're not giving us a bracha, so what are they doing? Says the Akedas Yitzchak, a thought that many of the Bali Musr say, line four. Mivara se inyon vitfila. In order to get the brachas of Hashem and the shefa that He has waiting for us, that He wants to give us, we have to prepare ourselves. The more we make ourselves a klekibol, a receptacle, to accept God's brachos, we're ready for them, then we'll get them. And He gives a beautiful marshal. He says, sometimes you see a river, and you see the water, and you see rapids, you see the water is deeper, you see the water. So you look in one spot, you're like, wow, the water is so strong here. You think because there's more water here, you know, it's because there's something special about the water here. This spot loves water. No, of course not. Why is there more water in one spot? Because the ground is deeper. If the ground is deeper, then more water is going to go there. If the ground is wider, it's going to be wider and more water. Not because there's some special connection between the water and the spot. If the ground is more receptive to the water, then there's going to be more water there. Says the Akedas Yitzchak. It's the same thing with the Shef of HaKadosh Baruch. The more we dig ourselves into clay kibble for Hashem, Gama Tova, line 13, Hamagia Adam Makam Yisbarach, it has nothing to do with, oh, we're closer to the source of the water. No! It doesn't matter what level a person is on. It just depends how we prepare ourselves. Hashem says, just open up your mouth. Just open wide, and I will be able to give you the bracha. And he says, that's what we say to Hillam every Shabbos morning. Hashem Who is Hashem's eye, Hashem's bracha is to be miyachel, to look for the chesed, to get ourselves roi for the chesed. So this says the, says the Akedas Yitzchak, just answering the question, that's what the Kohanim need to do. Vissamu Hashem means they have to be the leaders and the teachers of making Shem Hashem Shagur B'fiyam Yisrael, making them ready to then accept Hashem's brachos va'ani avarachem. You're right, they don't give the brachos directly, but through their brachos and their leadership, they create a nation that is ready to accept God's brachos, and then, as Hashem, we will all be zochet to the last two words of the Pasuk, va'ani avarachem. Okay, we'll stop here. Everybody should enjoy the longest parsha of the Torah.